You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Scoop Podcast, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Don Callahan, a.k.a. Donnie Scoops. What's up, man? Not too much. I got my second shot of the vaccine yesterday. So, um, what, like two weeks, is it? Ten days? I will be um, vaccinated. So I'm, I'm feeling good. A little sore arm, but I'm feeling good. I know you were supposed to get yours. Uh, did you end up getting your shots? Yeah, all good. Wax and vax, ready to rock. All right, let's go. All right. Let's go. Um, we have a big show to y'all for y'all today. Remember, this is The Scoop, uh, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. Um, no other out there that matches what we bring. Um, today, we're going to go through a lot of kind of important recruitments for UNC's 2022 class. There's been some developments. Things are opening up. Official visits have been set for June and July. Uh, we have a lot of um, top recruits have set official visits. We're going to go through that, give you a glimpse into um, some of the information that Don's provided on the last two weekly scoops. And we'll go from there. Don, thoughts? I am excited, particularly last week's weekly scoop, but also this week's weekly scoop had just tons of information. A lot of it stems from the, the spring game, which we'll obviously get into as far as the, uh, the recruit attendance was pretty big. So I'm excited to get into it all. Awesome. And uh, as always, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Guys, take 30 seconds right now. Rate the podcast. Review we'll the wait. podcast. We'll wait. Yeah. We won't say anything for 30 seconds. And, uh, and hit subscribe. That way, if you subscribe to Inside Carolina, you get all the different podcasts right into your, into your feed. John Siegley, our, our great producer, usually hits them uh, to, to uh, run in the morning. So you can wake up, pop on a podcast on your commute throughout the day. You'll have them right there. So rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll talk about Johnny T-Shirt later. But Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com is our Inside Carolina's podcast sponsor. All right. Let's get into it first, Don, uh, at the top. Of course, we're going to do the top five at the end. We have a new top five. New top five is going to be top five documentaries. So get ready to send that to us. Don, how can they send it to us? They can tweet it at me, at Don Callahan IC, or they could PM it to me on the message board, which is just Don Callahan, or they can email it to me, Don at InsideCarolina.com. Make sure you include your first name and location. Okay. Great. So we'll got top five at the end, top five Southern foods. So stay tuned for that. Don, a, uh, I cheated. A, a Philadelphian. I actually had my daughter fill out mine. A Philadelphian because is going to provide his top five foods, Southern foods. And we'll hear some uh, subscribers um, submissions as well. And the top five for next time we record is top five documentaries, anything, any documentary that you've enjoyed. I'm going to say anything but the last dance, Michael Jordan. <laughs> that's, okay. that's a good idea to leave last dance out yeah because i want to i'm actually there's tons of really cool documentaries it's overwhelming so i want to get uh and see what our, our listeners have really enjoyed uh as we get here into the summer all right don let's get right into it travis shaw is the first name i want to bring up and that's because i saw him play last friday so i'm gonna let you ask me questions all right my first time seeing uh the grimsley five-star member of the 2022 class who's a target of clemson alabama georgia all those schools, UNC, uh, I saw him play in person last Friday when Grimsley beat Butler in the semifinals of the 4A state championship game. So uh, before I get to my questions, we did run an update with Travis, which po- we posted early last week. He doesn't give away too much because his mindset's on, on the season, rightfully. And, uh, and, and obviously, at that point, his focus was on the semifinal, which you attended. So I'm imagine. I know you have seen Travis in person, and he's just just looking at him and, and just watching him move around. He's a huge human being, and he just moves so well. But actually seeing him on the football field, what were your takeaways? You know what? I don't think I've seen him in person. 
Oh, really? Okay. So you probably I mean, were pretty present. Maybe he's been in a game that I've been at, but, you know, it's been a year or two since we've been able to see recruits in person. All right, then let me start there. It, it is, was he just physically on the hoof? I mean, what, what's, what, what first hit you? Yeah, I mean, just massive lower body. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, some players have skinny legs and are, are jacked up top. Some are just really tall and long and lean, and you can see the frame. But um, Travis Shaw at 6'5 has just massive legs and, and mm-hmm. massive lower body. Um, and it's all proportional to how big he is up top, too. Um, it's incredible. I mean, yeah, he's, he's everything advertised in terms of the, the physical nature of, of what he brings. Uh, listed 6'5", 3'10", probably a little heavier than that, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he towers over everybody. And, yeah, I mean, so I went to Grimsley's game last Friday. You know, they kind of you know, had a spot for me saved. Saw my statue there outside. The did stadium. you have? Did you have? Uh, I guess a uh, valet parking or your yeah, own parking all, spot. All of that escorted me in with a police escort. When you when saw you my went statue. before you went to the game, did you go and visit the uh, Ross Martin pool hall? Yeah, I did. That's yeah, <laughs> all the trophies, the statues, the medals, um, the academic and athletic awards I won as part of the Whirlies. Um, but. Yeah, so I warm up a little bit, and then he mostly lines up outside. I think you've said that. Well, in, did, uh, so did you sit in the crowd, or did you use a press pass? To I get did. In? I used press pass. Or okay, were you on the sidelines? Just walked in. Yeah, I went sidelines most of the time. Okay. I joined a buddy uh, in the around halftime. I probably watched a quarter in the crowd, um, but mostly proud the sidelines. And you can, you, it was you could be anywhere. I mean, I could have sat right next to the head coach, pretty much, uh, pretty loose in terms of uh, really? where you could go. Yeah, I mean, you could walk anywhere. Um, yeah, so he lines up on the outside. So he's playing end most of the game. Played every snap on defense, no snaps on offense. And I think they put him on the outside so that he can um, – they can either kind of – you know, they're, they're running their offense away from him usually, but it gives him a little more room to operate. He doesn't get double teamed as much or triple teamed as much. But, yeah, they're double teaming him. He, he's running over offensive linemen. Didn't make too many plays. I, I mean, he made – he definitely made some tackles, tackles for a loss. Uh, definitely disrupted a lot of things. But – they usually ran their offense away from him or he would get double, triple teamed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, his impact is felt. And I'm, I'm certain that they're aware of him the whole game. Um, it, was, it was also actually a crazy game. I mean, you, Grimsley scored in the last, like, 30 seconds to take the lead. I thought it was going to be in the overtime, and then they, the fans rushed the field. Uh, oh, wow. It, it was pretty wild, and it was, it was pretty cool yeah, to go I, to. I'm glad I went. Almost left because Butler was – I thought Butler was the better team, and I thought they were going to win. Yeah. They had the better offense. Um, Grimsley's could not move the ball on the ground. They just had no running game. I think it's because Grimsley's offensive line was not very good. But uh, I thought they should put Travis Shaw in um, on offense for some snaps, and they just run it behind him. And the, the quarterback had no time to operate. But so I thought it was, was kind of crazy and almost a miracle that they won. But they're playing uh, Cardinal Gibbons on Friday night right. in Keenan Stadium. So I, I think I'm going to be there for that too. All right. All right. So uh, I was following along with that game and multiple others on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, the halftime score, I think it was something like Butler was up by two scores. I think it was like 28 to 14, something like that, or maybe yeah, or 21, seven. Yeah. 21, seven. Maybe that's what it was. And so I, um, and then all of a sudden like uh, Grimsley was up. Um, so I, I was, I was surprised by that, but, um, and I know Butler is a really good team. Not that Grimsley's not a good team. They're a very, very good team. But Butler, you know, all their players are really good. You know, yeah, um, they had a great quarterback who I think is playing at Western Carolina. Okay. Um, yeah. They had some really fast guys. They had a defensive tackle or lineman you probably know of, the Butler guy, um, 6'5. He's number 90. I don't know. He's a, he's a recruit. He's got a lot of offers. Okay. Um, oh, 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 Bryce uh, Dixon. Bryce Dixon. Um, yeah. Yeah. We did an intro on him, everything. Like, yeah. And I heard he actually had a good game. He had, um, like a pair of sacks and um, a lot of pressure on um, the quarterback who I like Al- Alonza Barnett, the quarterback for Grimsley. I like him a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's a power five guy. Yeah. What did you think of him? Cause, cause he, made he had no play. time and they try to throw the ball some, but there wasn't much cooking in the past game. I mean, I gotcha. was, I came away. I wasn't too impressed with what he did. Uh, their offense was just not very good. I'm just surprised mm-hmm. they won. Um, but they, it, it made it made enough plays, I guess, is, is what happened. A couple miracle plays that that lasted, and the tight end there is um, the son of the athletic director who played Lawson. at Grimsley. 
yeah, yeah. Lawson Albright committed to yeah. Uh, Northwestern. Yeah, and you could tell he was a, uh, yeah, he's he stood out in terms of his size. All right, anything else, right, Travis so, Shaw? Um, just to I guess close it as far as his billing, five star guy, top guy in the state. I think he's the highest ranked recruit in a very very long time in the state of North Carolina. Did he live up to that billing for you? Yeah, and I remember you kind of telling me that maybe he needed to lose weight or maybe he needed to focus mm-hmm. on being a little more active uh, well, not, and playing um, every snap. Lose weight, but um, endurance, which, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can, you can obviously fix that in a few months. Just, you know. So did you see – was that a problem? Yeah, in this I, game? I thought he – his effort was very high. I mean, I watched, okay. I watched him every snap. I thought he was I – mean, very into the game, very passionate, very emotional on the sideline, very locked in, seemed like he wanted to I – mean, obviously wanted to win. But, you know, there's a difference between – just playing the, the game and, yeah. and kind of standing out. And um, he seemed very um, locked in and focused on defense uh, leader on that side of the ball. And uh, yeah, he definitely made a difference. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert like you on that stuff, but yeah, in terms of size and physicality, all there, I mean, mm-hmm. he probably needs to lose. He definitely needs to keep losing weight to get to college. But when he's on a, when he's going to be not double teamed and more in one-on-one situations in college, I mean, he'll be an impact player from day one. Okay. All right. There you go. I appreciate that uh, that evaluation from Ross Martin. There you go. All right, let's get into kind of uh, what we want to talk about on this podcast. We're going to go down through a couple names here. Let's start with Travis – sorry, start with Zach Rice, mm-hmm. who uh, has visited UNC multiple times but released a top five and then a, a set five official visits, which is really the big news. Don, what's going on with Zach Rice right now? So back in – God, what was it? I think it was back in uh, maybe like last month. He came out with official top five, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, UNC, and Virginia. And his plan set official visits to those five schools in uh, this summer and then come up with a decision from that. When you have a situation like this, particularly you're operating within that that a, a, def- a defined window, like the month of June, because you – the way the calendar works, recruits should be able to or will be able to take official visits in the month of June. I think it's um, June 1st to it's not the entire month, but, but basically it's the entire month. And what I always find interesting is the order of those official visits. Yes. There's a lot of jostling of, you know, do you want to get first, last, that sort of thing. And I think it's there. Everybody always asks me, well, should do you want to be first? Do you want to be last? And I always say it depends on the recruit um, with 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 Zach at first, I kind of was like, all right, I want, I think you want one of the early official visits. Uh, but if he's going to take all of his official visits, maybe the last one might be better. So uh, do you want to? Yeah, let's go uh, through them. Yeah. And let me yeah. first, I need, I need to be better at this. Uh, Zach Rice, offensive tackle from Liberty Christian Academy in Lynchburg, Virginia, 6'6", 285, ranked number five, in the nation, I think that might be a, a jump recently. Maybe not. Number one offensive tackle, number yeah, I think one so, player yeah. in Virginia. Yeah, I think he's moved up. So this is the number. This guy is an elite recruit, number five in the nation, number one offensive tackle. Um, and his list of official visits, Ohio State on June 4th, Virginia on June 11th, North Carolina on June 17th through 19th, and I said I have a weekend there, but not to say the other ones aren't going to be weekend trips either. Alabama, June 23rd through 25th, and Notre Dame on June 27th. Don, what's your reaction to kind of how those dates break out, and what do you think about it? Yeah, so UNC obviously is right in the middle. And I guess you kind of get the best of both worlds. You will still be kind of fresh in his mind compared to some of the other programs, um, but you also – are kind of getting, a, you know, that first sort of, you can react to what some of, some of the, mm-hmm. the, the two other programs did during their official visit. What's also interesting to me is that the Ohio State one, the Virginia one, the, let's see, um, I guess the Alabama one is not. Um, and I wonder, I wonder, because I, I actually wonder if the 27th might be a dead period. So, so the dates might not be 100%. So it might actually be the 25th. But a, but a lot of these, except for North Carolina's, are during the weekend. I wonder what sort of impact that's going to have on it. You know, obviously, we're not in – the UNC won't be in school. Um, and there'll be camps going on and all of that. Um, looking at the – yeah, UNC has a, has a couple of 707 camps going on during that time, which should be good. Uh, but 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think getting it after Virginia hey. is good, uh, okay. but getting it before Alabama is kind of tough. Yeah. Wow. What what analysis? It's going to be interesting. <laughs> That's when you have nothing to add. I mean, I, I use well, that, I, I I just, that a lot and stuff too. I kind of. It's hard to break at, it down. Well, I was in the, I was, like I said earlier, I was under the impression that maybe getting one of the first ones would be key because I think he has the potential to pop at any moment. But now I'm starting to come around and think, all right, I think he's going to go through and, and take this mm-hmm. entire schedule first. So maybe, you know, maybe you want to be towards the end. Yeah. My only thought, one of my thoughts looking at that schedule is that he might get some fatigue with all mm-hmm. these trips. That's a lot of traveling. Um, you know, he's going to be pumped for the Ohio State one that's first. He's done Virginia and UNC before, so it's going to be interesting Interesting to see how those two schools kind of differentiate themselves and kind of make the, the visit different to stand out to him. And in the two schools he hasn't visited, along with Ohio State, Alabama and Notre Dame, I mean, ones he's definitely want to check out. So I think you're right. He's going to want to go through with it unless something happens at Virginia and UNC where he just it says, this is where I want to be. No need to go through with the other ones. I can get everything well, I want at one of those schools. I He's already been to Virginia before. He knows that campus really yep. well. Yep. So I just don't foresee him going to Virginia and closing it down. I also don't see that with North Carolina. Um, maybe with Ohio State, but that's his first official. You know, I don't think it – I don't think he just shuts it down during his first official. Mm-hmm. Alabama, if Alabama really wants him, you know, could he, could he just shut it down after that, after taking – you know, four officials. Yeah. Or this could be a thing where, you know, he takes his officials and he goes into, into July and August before his season starts and makes a decision. Then it has two, you know, two more week, two more months to think about it. Yeah. Great. All right, let's move on. Uh, Xavier Simmons. You post an article about this today. We're recording Tuesday afternoon on Xavier Simmons. This is an in-state guy from Northwest Guilford high school. Uh, you know, kind of a, a mid-range uh, three-star, 372 in the nation, number 12 inside linebacker, number 13 player in the state of North Carolina, 6'3", 225. I believe this is a guy who wants to play, who UNC wants to play kind of that outside rush defensive end slash outside linebacker role. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's – he, you know, he's a linebacker, but he has the ability to rush the passer, so he fits perfectly at what Jay Bateman wants in that position. Correct. And this is more of a regional recruitment, you know, doesn't have the, the massive national offers, but certainly a guy in state who's getting a lot of interest from ACC schools. What's going on with his recruitment, Don, and we'll get to his official visits. So he, he's having some conversations with Oklahoma and Missouri and both of the schools have offered him. But like you mentioned, I think he's going to stay in the Carolinas or Virginia, that, that sort of region. He has three officials set up, Virginia, Virginia Tech and North Carolina. I think NC State, I feel pretty confident in saying NC State's going to get a fourth. And then the fifth one could go to South Carolina, um, but it might not even matter. Uh, right now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's only four weekends in June. And I, and I find that aspect of, of um, the whole setting up official visits with, with all recruits kind of interesting. Who gets those weekend official visits or who gets an abbreviated um, uh, midweek official visit? But anyway, so he has three of those week, weekends kind of kind of checked uh, or occupied. And I think NC State will get the fourth. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to those four schools. He told me that uh, there's three schools are kind of ahead of the pack heading into the summer. That's in the story. I won't get into that uh, too much. I know that the response to the article was, oh, NC State doesn't have an official visit scheduled, yada, yada. NC State's mm-hmm. not a factor here. And I don't think that's – I think that's um, – misleading to think that way i think that nc state's definitely a factor here i do think though it ends up coming down to virginia tech and north carolina but i don't think nc state should be dismissed at all okay and you had virginia june 4th virginia tech june 18th and unc june 25th and this is yeah and and so going back to what we're talking about with the positioning this is a kid who who has taken a very methodical approach to his recruitment Mm -hmm. he actually has taken or quarantine visits, quote unquote, visits to all five of these schools that I mentioned purposely. And obviously his plan is to take his official visit. So I fully expect him to be one of those kids where I was kind of on the fence with um, Zach. I fully expect Xavier to take all five or to take, yeah, take all five of his official visits or four of his official visits and then make his decision. So for North Carolina to get that last official visit, I think it's, it's big. Great. You really brought it on that that analysis 
I was going to jump in because you were calling me out during the, the Zach Rice thing. Yeah, I feel like you're locked in Xavier Simmons. Well, it, well, the thing with Zach is anyone who's talked to him, he is he is a kid. Like you, you talk to him, and I mean, and he I'm not saying a kid? Yeah, I'm not. Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it in a bad way, but you know, he's just very, very kid like in a fun way, you know. And so it's it's kind of hard to get a hold of just yeah, yeah, what's For going sure. on with him. Yeah, I mean, that's just an excuse for your for your analysis. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think you stepped it up. And I, I want to make sure that our listeners are receiving uh, all their money's worth from this free podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right. don't want anyone returning it with a receipt. That's right. Or complaining excessively on the message boards. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get right back into it. But first, I'll talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They're our podcast sponsor. And, you know, they help us do what we do here at Inside Carolina, especially with the podcast. And so make sure you support them on Franklin Street and online at johnnytshirt.com, a locally owned, alumni owned UNC apparel store that has everything you need um, for uh, UNC apparel needs. They got, I'm looking right now, a women's, a women's, a women's button down with, uh, with a UNC logo. Great for the tailgates. Great for watching games and getting dressed up for the games. They have a Carolina mom t-shirt they have scrolling down they have a grill cover it's grilling season they have a bracelet they have really cool men's soccer jerseys football jerseys great time for birthdays coming up to get a football jersey for your son for your daughter for anyone that loves carolina sports tons of t-shirts you know it's always great you know maybe an unexpected gift to get a t-shirt or a sweatshirt for someone you love and go to johnny t-shirt and giant t-shirt.com and remember don Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their entire order, get sweatshirts, get t-shirts, get jerseys, get hats for your whole family, and use that 10% off discount code found on the Tar Pit Premium and UNC Basketball Premium message boards uh, for your Johnny t-shirt purchases. I'm looking at basketball here. I'm looking at what else? Let me scroll one more time. Football jerseys, a dog collar with a UNC logo, a distressed vintage line tee, Heather Carolina t-shirt, a baseball jersey, great for a darty. Always rocking jerseys at darties. You know what darty is, Don? Nope. Day party. Ah. A Hawaiian shirt, a UNC Hawaiian shirt. Take the family down to the Caribbean, down to Florida, rocking a Hawaiian shirt. Get all that Johnny t-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We'll be right back. A couple national ads. Right back with a little more insight on UNC's 2022 recruiting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And we are back. Welcome back to the Scoop Podcast. How you doing, Don? Quick check-in. I'm doing great. I'm, I was just wondering after you did that ad read, what, uh, what are you getting for your mom for, for Mother's Day? Probably get her some flowers. I'm not a huge gift guy. <laughs> and uh, she's not a huge Carolina fan, so I'm not going to, even oh, though. So you can't go to Johnny T-shirt? Yeah, I mean, she's not. She doesn't wear, like, football jerseys. Okay. My mom is a very unique lady. Uh-oh. What does that mean? She's just <laughs> a little bit different than probably the average mom in a good way. Okay. We're going to have to have a uh, podcast topic on that. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> God, you're intriguing me more and more. I mean, I mean, just think about a um, a 70 year old hippie, <laughs> a hippie, burned out hippie mom. Okay, <laughs> that's what my mom is. We I need mean, to get back to football talk. Tofu, pottery, gardening, 
herbal remedies, all of the above. All right. Uh, let's get into it. Don, you have other things going on? I heard that alert. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing, you know, nothing that will take me away from this podcast. Okay. All right. Shaquille Knotts, uh, wide receiver, 6'2", 175 from Monroe, North Carolina, Monroe High School. Top-ranked recruit, I mean, top meaning, you know, top 100, four-star, number 88 in the nation, number 12 wide receiver, number three in North Carolina. You had a little intel about him, Don. What can you tell us about what's going on with his recruitment? I believe he visited for the spring game? He did. He went to the spring game. He has also scheduled an official visit with Maryland, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, he plans on taking additional official visits, but doesn't have anything else scheduled. Okay, that's it? So it's just he, – he, does he intend to visit UNC? Yeah, so UNC is one of the ones that he plans on taking an official visit to. UNC has got to be viewed as the leader for him um, until something else happens, just because he has so much connection to the school. It's one of the first schools to offer him. Mm-hmm. His cousin is Gavin Blackwell, who signed with UNC in the last class. You know, he um, you know, has been there a bunch of times. You know, the spring game was just the latest in a long line of visits there. He's a member of the Carolina Stars, who, if, if you follow me, you know Carolina Stars is a big, big 707 program in the state of North Carolina has had Sam Howe, Drake May most recently. So he's, he's been catching passes from Drake May and uh, been teammates with a bunch of those guys who ended up in North Carolina. Okay. In this wide receiver class or the 2022 class for UNC, how many are they going to take? Do you know how many they're going to take? I know so you have, hate to, to talk about this. Yeah, I do hate to talk about this. So I think that they're going to take at least one more. Um, they already have one. Guy they have one committed. Yeah, Virginia. they have. Yeah. They, uh, uh, Tyshawn, Tyshawn Chapman. Chapman is committed. He's a slot guy. The preference now is to to add a taller, longer outside receiver such as Shalik Punch Knotts. Okay. And Andre Green. Yeah, I mean if they can get both of those guys, you know, numbers be damned. I mean, they'll they'll take both of those guys. That's how talented they both are. Okay, cool. So those, those are, you think those are the two kind of top guys? Right now, I mean, there's always a chance. There's some guys that I know have intrigued the staff who could potentially camp this summer and maybe maybe squeeze out an offer, but you know, we'll see. What happened with Dakota Twitty? Uh, I just – I got to <laughs> – I mean – Oh, I, mean, I just remember seeing a bunch yeah, of stuff so on him, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't – he's not even offered or something like that. Yeah, right? so they offered him. I don't think that the staff was all that thrilled, and I think it was at a point where, you know, or he's – Thrilled with what? Thrilled with him, you know, or maybe maybe there was a little bit of remorse on, on offering him gotcha. after, after the offer was extended. You know, he was offered during the pandemic. He went to some camps and did really, really well. And I think also there were some camps afterwards after the offer kind of came out where you know, he's not the most physical wide receiver, despite him. I mean, he's a legit six, six. Um, and I think some of that kind of showed in one-on-ones, um, you know, also his, you watch his, his uh, film from this past season and yeah, he's catching a lot of passes, but you know, he's playing against the worst competition in North Carolina and doesn't have a big yards after catch game. Um, yeah. which is disappointing when you're playing that sort of competition. So he just wasn't – North Carolina was someone who obviously they want size, but they wanted someone with size who was going to be able to, you know, stretch the defense and do something with the ball after, they, after he catches it. Uh, he's from Thomas Jefferson Academy. Yeah, which is – I've been there, and it's in the middle of nowhere. Great kid, hard worker. And I think some of that stuff is why they initially offered him because he's a hard worker. He's a kid who works on his craft every single day, every, uh, every way imaginable. He, he competes. He goes to all these camps. Um, I, I think he went to just about every camp you know, nearby you mm-hmm. know, the past couple of years. So he's a, he's a competitor. He loves the game of football. He, you know, he's a smart kid, good in, good in the classroom, great GBA, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, and, and, and he just wasn't a fit for UNC's offense, I think, in, at the end of the day. Mooresboro, North Carolina. I've never, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's um, – It's on the way. It's between Shelby on the mm-hmm. way to, like, on the way uh, – Basically uh, to Asheville, kind of, sort of. Yeah, on the path to Asheville, but yeah. pretty far from there. Yeah. Do you, do you love the state of North Carolina, Don? I do love the state of North Carolina. I've, I've traveled so much of it. Yeah, yeah, you know it pretty well. 
Offer, offer remorse. I think that's what your wife had I, when you uh, engaged. She, got engaged she, she definitely. She, she had she, engaged. She, she reminds remorse. me. She reminds me of that every day. She had engaged remorse. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, good stuff, good stuff. A little, little chop there, a little chop there. Guys being it's okay. Dudes. The um, guys being dudes. <laughs> it, the the posters and the message board. They're they're gonna have my back and they're gonna stick up for me. You, there you take go. Stop making me. fun of Don. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> You're gonna hurt Don's feelings. Stop making fun of Don. All right. Hey, we're in cancer cancel culture, so I you know. gotta be careful. You I know. know. I you have might to, get canceled. I have to watch every single thing I say on this <laughs> podcast. You don't even know what goes through my head. I mean, I already could have said. 10 things that would have gotten me canceled already. Oh, boy. I just don't can't say them. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're uh, you're growing before our very eyes. Yeah, yeah, maturity. All right, Jake Pope, Don. Jake Pope mm. is a name we know well, beloved by UNC defensive coordinator Jay Bateman, a safety from Beaufort, Georgia, 6'1", 190. The number – he's a three-star. Mm-hmm. But I think he should maybe rise in recruiting rankings. Number yeah, I mean, he's, he's a high. He's a very, very high. Th- I think he's as high as you can get as a three-star and not be a four-star. Number 375 in the nation. Number 23rd ranked safety. Number 35 player in Georgia. Um, you know, has all the big offers now. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Alabama. I mean, he has – he's gained – I mean, this is looking at now. Gained all the big offers. Arkansas, Auburn, you know, George has offered him, but he has down to a five top five, right? Yeah. So it's the, well, it's yeah. He, well, he actually had a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, God, like an eight, a top eight, but he okay. came up with four official visits from that eight and he's saving the fifth. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking back, let me go back to some of these offers. I mean, it's national Wisconsin, yeah. Vanderbilt, USC, Tennessee, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, Penn state, you know, Nebraska, Michigan state, Mi- Michigan state, Michigan, Miami, Louisville, Iowa, Indiana, so you know pretty much all the conferences, but but Pac-10 other than USC have the, offered the this crazy. Time. The crazy thing with him, especially after you just said all that, is that back in back last summer he took quarantine visits to North Carolina and South Carolina, two of the few schools that offered him, because he felt like he had to get a good grasp on his recruitment because he felt like he was going to have to make a commitment pretty quickly so that he could lock in a spot. He was afraid that he was going to lose spots. Mm. Then he ended up having this unbelievable junior season. He's an, an incredible athlete. He's also a really, really good baseball player, not to the level he'll get drafted. His, his um, high school baseball team is number one in the nation. And, he, and he, he's a, I think it's a leadoff and center fielder guy. That just kind of speaks to just the type of athlete he is. Okay. So, so he has official visits planned. Let me yes. go through them real quick. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> UNC, June 4th. UNC gets the first one, June 4th. Notre Dame, June 11th. Ohio State, June 18th. And Alabama, June 25th. UNC's right there with the heavy hitters. A similar list to Zach Rice. Same schools, except Rice has Virginia in there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I read a line that was interesting from your scoop. Multiple sources believe the Fighting Irish have supplanted Georgia as the heels' greatest competition in this recruitment. Because Georgia does not have a ov scheduled with him yeah so the funny thing for me at least was that so he put out because the big thing this year are these uh official visit edits or graphics that they post on twitter the recruits post on twitter and so he posted all of all four of his plus just a generic graphic from um georgia I, i just you know thought that was a little funny but so yeah so at one point georgia was viewed as a team to beat they have picked up some safeties or in it pretty strong with some big, big, big time guys, guys okay. higher ranked than, um, than Jake Pope. Um, so from what I've gathered and what makes complete sense is sounds like Georgia probably pulled off a little bit on, on this and that's why he doesn't have an official schedule there. Okay. Has he visited UNC yet? He has, he took okay. that quarantine visit to UNC back in, um, I think it was August of last year. But this will be the first one with staff involvement and all the good stuff Mm. that comes with official visits. Jay Bateman wants to turn on the charm to lure the uh, Mr. Pope to UNC. Anything else on him? Yeah, the like I said, I like to look at the the order UNC's first. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I think this is a kid who um, is going to take his notes 
it's going to remember everything uh, throughout it. But uh, obviously schools like Ohio State and Alabama who, who get the, the latter two official visits, they can kind of see what he liked in the first couple official visits and um, somehow counteract that or, or um, replicate it or whatever it may be, uh, depending on what it is. So um, I'm not, so I guess what I'm basically saying, I'm not a huge fan of North Carolina being the first one to host him for an official visit, but I don't think it's a huge deal just because of his, his uh, mentality. One thing also to consider on these official visits is they're happening in June mm-hmm. when campus is probably the most empty. June or July, it's the most empty. So they're, these recruits aren't going to get the benefit of a college game day, um, you know, a game day on campus with all the students, with the parties rocking. Let me, let me ask rocking. you a question along those lines. All right. Well, do you want me to finish what I was going to say? Well, all right, go ahead. Then I'll ask – I have a question that kind of fits what you just said, but go ahead. Yeah. I think I know what you're going to ask. So, I mean, that can help and hurt different schools in different ways because you do mm-hmm. want to show off your campus. You don't want to show off your crowd, your scene, the weather, students, the parties. I mean, it's no secret that these kids go with the players to parties, following the games and whatnot. So it's just a different factor when you're contemplating where they're going, when they're going, and what campus is going to be like and the atmosphere on campus for game days. Don? All right, so my question – I'm glad I let you finish because you kind of set the yeah. stage even better is take this order and put it into the fall, which, w- where do you like North Carolina's chances go, which meaning going to the fall, he'd be visiting all those four schools for actual games and all of that. Like, like the UNC game, UNC won't be the first visit he takes. Like yeah. UNC September. be the first one. And then he, then he would go to a game at Notre Dame, a game at Ohio state and a game at Alabama. Uh, I, I mean, I just think the bigger schools, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, have an advantage given they're just different type of fan base than UNC mm-hmm. and different yeah. type of game atmosphere. So this this summer stuff definitely kind of works to UNC's advantage to a, to a degree. Yes. Yeah. For certain things. I think UNC's party scene is, is right up there. Okay. Could be. I don't know. I haven't been to school in a while. Do you, do you hang out down there and, and check out the, the party scene on I weekends? Not. I do not. Okay. Hard you answer no. that really quickly. Yeah, because I'm trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> trying to make it seem like I'm hanging out with college kids. <laughs> I mean, and that's not the case, right? I'm, 30, I'm a 34, almost 35-year-old adult. Oof. Ma- adult male. Male. Important. All right. Yeah. What's next? Um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting because usually these official visits – a lot of times, official visits are during the football season, mm. or some. You know, weirdly, they had some in December. I think back in the day, they have these December things. So, as you know, weather. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to go to a visit in late November or even October in Notre Dame or mm. High State because it'd be cold, super cold, which yeah. could work some against pe- you. Some people don't like the cold, so yeah. So, th- so but it helps Notre Dame too because you can also. Yeah, but Notre Dame's atmosphere is rocking, I imagine. Mm. But also could hurt, you know, schools where it's really, really hot in June. You yeah. Get a guy who comes from, you know, somewhere where there's not used to heat. They go to Alabama in late June. That's going to be a um, super hot, which could affect their decision making. So, yeah, I would imagine a kid from Buford, though, would be correct. You know, pretty because that's basically Atlanta, you know. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Don, any other players you want to talk about? Those are just four I picked. Um, but it was I think kind of, you, I, I think you did a really through. good job of picking those four. Yeah, I just went through it. Um, you know, the listeners are kind of getting a glimpse into kind of who really plans these podcasts. But I think it's important to mention that the prior two weekly scoops, we talked about a bunch of guys and then updates on a bunch of guys. So this is just a small piece of yeah. that pie. I haven't even looked at your one you published today. Well, it has lots of information. Yeah. Check those two out. Um, the one from last week goes through probably over maybe 20 players that visited UNC for the spring game, right? Yeah, that's the main topic, actually. I didn't even mention that. Um, is that uh, I caught up with yeah as many guys as I could who I knew were in Keenan Stadium on that Saturday for the spring game and just got their, just their general thoughts. And um, a lot of the guys were really, really good about giving me what stood out and that sort of thing. What do you think about it raining? Um, the one day in <laughs> April happened to be the UNC spring game. 
Yeah, well, for me, I absolutely hated it because I'm trying to take pictures and I have my equipment and it's just awful when it rains. I, I don't care about getting wet, but obviously I've actually broken an Inside Carolina camera because of what was the one game? It was something weird. Like, I don't want to say it was Illinois. It was somewhere Indiana that came to North Carolina. This is a few years ago. Yeah, I feel like Indiana. it was a miss. Was it Indiana? It was not Indiana. They haven't played Indiana football. Okay. I can't remember who it was. And it rained and it wasn't even a great recruit turnout, but the rain got to my camera well enough to, to break it. What was your outfit on for the spring game? I don't even know. I think I had a, a 24 seven sports polo on. And, um, I think I went with, um, some khaki shorts, no cargo shorts. I know you're, you're trying to get me. I, two I believe I believe my khaki my cargo shorts have been eliminated. Holy moly! Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> my two favorite Don outfits are the baggy cargo shorts and the baggy t-shirt. Okay. You wear to camps a lot because you carry uh-huh. all your stuff in your pockets. Yeah. And it's yeah, cargo pants are great because I mean I'm hey, I have I'm so not- much stuff pens pencils notepads. Yeah, you know, I, I had the ca- the still camera the video camera. I mean, you know. Yeah, don't hate the game. It, they're very yeah. serviceable. That's yeah. why they were popular during the Vietnam War. <laughs> uh, and then my second favorite outfit, maybe my first favorite, is when you go tie. You I go, do that for you now. You go tie. Yeah, you know, I guess khakis or some sort of pants. You go like a, a Dwight Schrute colored button down and a tie <laughs> for a game. <laughs> well, so I uh, it usually happens the week or the game after I see you and you're like, Oh, you haven't wore a tie this season. And so I'm like, all right, I'll give the man what he wants. He wants to see Don in a tie. Let's deliver. You missed uh food on, uh, after the spring game. I'm Was sure you good? left. They brought some uh, chicken sandwiches that were left over from like the different boxes. Ross loves freebies, freebie foods. There's probably nothing I like more in life than free food. You're right about that. Free food. And I like have to, there. my thing is I have to eat it. I have to try it, no matter what it is. It, I well, be it a- usually ends up being better than the food you pay for. I went to so I cannot turn down free food. I went to um, the first high school I went to was in inner city Philadelphia, and because most of the kids went, that went to school there were already getting free lunch anyway, they just gave everybody free lunch, and it was actually really good. And then we moved to the suburbs where you had to pay for lunch, and it was awful. It tastes like cardboard. I never understood yeah. that. What was your favorite school lunch, um, school lunch di- I mean, dish? Like, what'd you get most excited about? I mean, it was it was always pizza. Pizza day was always yeah. the best. Square pizza. I know. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, compared to all the other stuff, you know, pizza yeah. day was a big day. I always remember the really soft pasta with meat sauce was always pretty good too. I don't, I don't the remember bake, anything. Like the baked pasta type deal. I remember the, the crappy burgers, but other yeah. than that, I don't remember a whole corn lot. dogs. Corn dogs are always good. Big corn dog guy. Mm. I know you're a big corn dog guy too. No, I, I actually am not. Do not like <laughs> corn dogs. Denies the corn dog. Breaking news. All right. I don't like wieners. Hey, for on those sticks. listening, we're done with football talks. That's why we're doing the off-topic stuff. So don't complain. Yeah. So we got to go to our top five. Yeah. Let me get uh. Let me get one thing in here from your scoop. All right. Okay. Uh-oh. And I think you saw it because I, <laughs> I added it to the Google Doc. Uh, oh, you had a little line here in your doc, uh, in your scoop, it says, it's about Tom Lemming, who held an event in Chapel Hill, Tom Lemming's photo shoot. You know, he's a big recruiting guy. This is what you wrote. Tom Lemming, Tom Lemming is the true godfather of recruiting, regardless of whoever, whoever, whomever else has claimed the title. He's been traveling nationwide, interviewing and uh, photographing recruits since the late 1970s. Decades before the internet took recruiting coverage to new heights. Why, what was that line about regardless of whomever else has claimed the title? I mean, there, there's someone else who claims that title and they didn't start covering recruiting until like the early 2000s. And, you know, I have other opinions, but I'll just leave it that. And I think it's just unfair, especially for a guy who's been covering it since the, the early 70s, went to John Elway's high school and Dan Marino's high school and all that sort of stuff. He's actually, um, I met Tom uh, Lemming a bunch you know, through the years. I mean, he's, he's a really good guy. He does things obviously way differently. He's more like the whole year sort of thing, as opposed to 
what we do is like more of a daily basis sort of thing. But um, had dinner with him recently and super fascinating guy. He was on the um, Blind Side, the movie. He was in that. He was in another movie. He has connections with everything. Where does he live? He lives in Chicago. Okay. So, but talking to him is just absolutely fascinating um, just because of all the different recruits he's seen throughout the years and the, and the connections that he has. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him. And again, he just does things completely differently. If you follow, if you were like a diehard follower of recruiting prior to the internet era, which was in 2000, 2001, you likely subscribe to his newsletter and or uh, magazine. So, um, so yeah, so I think he deserves credit. He doesn't get enough credit for what he does yeah. because he doesn't do it on a daily basis like us. So back in the day, he'd, he'd have a magazine, a weekly, a monthly magazine and like a weekly newsletter or something. No, or? I, think he had, I think he had a, I, I think it was like a monthly newsletter and then just one annual magazine sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but he's then, also but... involved with like USA Today. He picks that team. He used to, he started with the, mm-hmm. um, the U.S. Army All-American game picking that team. I think he helps out with a bunch of these different high school awards sort of thing. I mean, he's pretty yeah, legit. And then back in the day, I mean, recruiting wasn't that big of a deal because it just wasn't – it was hard to get information on the guys that were coming into your school. Yeah. And, yeah, and, it, and, it and recruiting really wasn't, wasn't nationwide. It wasn't a nationwide yeah. thing. You you know, schools like Georgia and Alabama would recruit kids from Georgia and Alabama, I imagine, just because it was just different. Well, recruiting in general, even now, recruiting is a niche sort of thing. You know, if you're a recruiting fan, it's a niche thing. Even within, not everybody who follows sports follows recruiting. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this is like a lot of other things where the internet allowed niche sort of topics to kind of grow. And that's what it did for recruiting. Yeah. And just like, yeah, internet changed, obviously changed tons of things, but, you know, changed access for you to reach out for a guy in California, for you to reach a guy other places because of, of different social media, cell phones, and the internet. Um, good stuff. A little ode to Tom Lemming there. Yes. And, and as you know, he's very connected with UNC staff. Where did you have dinner with him? Top of the hill. Oh, so this was when he came into town? Yeah. I'm putting the pieces together now. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> the person you're thinking of, and don't mention any names, he, that, that, he was not there. Oh, but, okay. But Jeez. anyway. But, you're, but, yeah, you're close, but go ahead. Okay. Let's go to the next topic. All right, let's get into our top five. We tasked our listeners to give us their top five southern foods. Don fought back because he's not from the south, but I imagine the majority of our listeners are. I think it was a great topic. And I'm surprised Don's not a southern food fan because it's everything you like. Fat, meat, uh, cheese, you know, all the good stuff. But you don't like vegetables. Yeah, that's a big part of it, I think. Do you really not like vegetables? I mean, I'm starting to come around to broccoli. Jeez Louise. And I'm, I'm good with broccoli. Um, but like everything else, I kind of force myself to eat. I definitely don't eat enough. So I, try, I do try to force myself to eat my, my, my vegetables, which I wasn't doing my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Very interested just to find out how long you live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm, uh, all right, whatever. We'll stop there. Um, what was going to say? Um, oh, guess what I cooked this morning? What's that? Eggplant curry with chicken thighs. For a breakfast? Just, I was just, I wake up so early. I have a lot of time before I need to work. So I had stuff, a lot of stuff I've been waiting to cook. And I had a little gap of time. So I cooked eggplant What time curry. do you wake up? 5.05. Why 5.05? Because I work out at 5.30. Uh, I got gotcha. you. So you work at 5.30. What time is your workout done? It ends at 6.30, and then we have like a little meeting, and then I drive home. Gotcha. I'm back home by 6.45 or so. Okay. So did you make this meal once you returned home? Yeah. Showered, got ready, started cooking it up, and was gotcha. done by 8 or so, 8 or 9. Gotcha. All righty. Let's get into it. Top five. Uh, let's read them all, Don. We have about four. We have about all five right. or six. Let's read them all. I'll start from the top. Okay. John from Lynchburg. Five fried okra. Four fried bologna sandwich with mayo on bread. Super underrated. Three biscuits and gravy. Two North Carolina barbecue. One liver mush. The most unique and bizarre North Carolina food. Shelby has a liver mush 
festival. Don, comments. I want to get your comments on all these. All right, comments. Um, Move through it though. I don't. I don't. I never heard of liver mush. Sounds yeah. disgusting. Okay. Anything else? Fried bologna sandwich. Never had it. I think I've heard of it. I'm sure you would like it. I mean, it's just like ham, essentially. Okay. I'd say All it's right. like thick cut ham, essentially, on uh, on bread with mayo or mustard. I've never had liver mush, uh, um, either. Okay. But I, I'm very fam- I'm familiar with it. Not too familiar with it, and uh, would would definitely try it. Okay. Okay. All right. Good, good I've try. had liver worst. Yeah. I, Is I'm it not, similar? I'm not sure. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Ryan Chapel Hill, number five, mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese. Didn't know it was Southern, but I love mac and cheese. Uh, number four, oak and or mesquite barbecue. Now, how does that differ from? You want to read what he says? Okay. Uh, sometimes I like to read it, but sometimes. All right. The wood you burn with is the most important decision in smoking. Mesquite adds so much flavor, but oak is reliable and doesn't burn as fast. Ah, I get it now. I'm stuck between the two, but properly smoked chicken and pork is a delicacy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three, Cajun crawfish, which I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had crawfish before, but I've heard I would like it. So that's something that I definitely would like to try. Uh, number two, collard greens. And number one, fried chicken. I'm not a big fried chicken fan. I will eat it, but I'm just not a big fried chicken fan. Jeez. Have you had collard greens? I believe so. Okay. I think it's one of those things that kind of sneaks up on me. Very Southern. All right. Dale from Waxhaw. Number five, pimento cheese. Goes great alone. Goes great alone on a sandwich or on his favorite burger. His honorable mention, though, is shrimp and grits and pecan pie and sweet tea. Great. Four, hush puppies. Three, biscuits and gravy. Two, collard greens with bacon fat and salt pork. Number one, barbecue, Eastern North Carolina style, vinegar-based sauce. Thoughts, Don? Um, love, absolutely. Uh, so I never had hush puppies or barbecue sandwiches before I came here. Absolutely love both of them. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a gravy person. Which, <laughs> so, I mean, I'll eat biscuits, but I'm just not a gravy person. We have that here in my house, and I just grab the biscuits and say, you guys can have the gravy. What about pimento cheese? I don't know. I don't think. Oh my I, god, I, so I, good! I don't think I've had it. I don't know. I love pimento right. cheese. This is Locke in Greensboro. Um, his bonus is sweet tea and/or Arnold Palmer. Number five, collard greens. Number four, banana pudding, which I like. Number three, shrimp and grits. I'm sure I will like. Uh, number two, pimento cheese, which I'm sure I will like. And number one, barbecue and hush puppies, which I definitely like. Okay, Locke, a favorite of Don's. I'm going right. to hang out with Locke. We're going to eat together. Yeah, there you go. Dean Dong from Charlotte. No, that's wrong. Um, it should be um, Southern Cal- or California. I can't remember if Southern or not. He says I- he lives in SoCal, but when he visits yeah. the motherland. Okay, lives in SoCal, but when he visits the motherland, at least one of the following must be consumed. All right, six. He did the top six. Uh. When I'm on the road headed to my secret fly fishing stream, it's Yoohoo, a banana moon pie, and some electric light orchestra, which is a band. Five, Midsummer Tomato Sandwich. I know Yellow. That's my mom's favorite. Yeah, it's band. a great band. They have a great band. Jeff Lynn is the lead singer, part of the Traveling Wilburys. Whew. Five, a Midsummer Tomato Sandwich with light mayo and freshly cracked pepper eaten over my mama's kitchen sink. Love it. Four, a peck of raw oysters with my with many draft beers from Big Daddy's at Lake Norman. So I've had oysters before, not in the South. I, I I'm I'm not. I know it's like a an acquired taste, but I, I just don't dig it. Are you an oyster guy? Love them. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have that often, but uh, I mean, oyster roast is it's a great event to go to. Three, low country boil with sausage, shrimp, clams, corn on the cob, thrown on top of an outdoor picnic table. Love the visuals that Dean Dong is providing. Dean us. Dong is great. I wish he would He's contribute every week. Two fried venison harvested from Lake Matamasquite. Mm. Do you know what venison That's, is? It's um, it, it's um, deer, right? Yeah, I don't know why and it's harvested from a lake. 
Yeah. Uh, but Lake uh, Madame Mesquite, that's um, that's like up like northeast, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Next one for Ding Dong. Northeast North Carolina. Yeah. Fresh collard greens cooked with fat back and completely doused with Texas peat pepper sauce. Love some Texas peat. All right. All right. We going with the last two? We got two more. Yep. All right. Um, Brent Gilbert. Now you Ari- read. You read Preston's. No, Preston is your guy. That's your, is that your dad? I don't know who he is, man. So it could be your dad. My dad does not listen to this podcast. (laughs) You you got to read Preston. Um, (laughs) All right, Grant, Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, Number five, banana pudding. Had some in Arizona recently, and the place must have used fresh green bananas. <laughs> if that banana is not brown and recently been pulled out of the freezer, no thank you. you Number go. four, fresh field peas, preferably with a leftover ham bone from stock, for stock. Number three, squash and onions, lightly browned. Number two, real fried chicken, not from a fast food restaurant. I like the um, making sure the difference is in there. And number one, fried seafood. I grew up in in a 1.5 hour. Oh, I grew up an hour and a half away from the beach. But when you're reading these things, you don't know. It's, you know, anyway, everywhere had fried seafood specials on Friday. Love it. Yeah, I, I was wondering about seafood. Like, is that considered southern food? I, I love um, seafood. I guess certain kinds are, depending on where they're, the style in which they're cooked would make them southern uh you know because different kind of things are cooked differently different places like clam chowder from boston massachusetts that area would not be southern but there's some clam chowder in parts of north carolina that's made a different way mm. there you go good point right. ross last one preston from greensboro i will not leave who may his... or may not be related to ross i'll not read his last one <laughs> five you've so... got to read it no oh, it's vulgar God. and insensitive no it's not <laughs> Five, sweet tea. Got to add the sugar when it's hot and saturate it with sugar. Oh, double sugar there <laughs> from Preston. <laughs> Four, killed lettuce. I've never heard about this, so I don't know if you know if it's real. Killed lettuce, branched lettuce, chopped onions, and then you pour hot baking grease over the lettuce. Whoa. I'm not sure if that's real. <laughs> like it's just, it's just wilted lettuce with baking grease. It sounds, it sounds incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. All right. Three, fried squash. Cut the squash and bread it with a mixture of flour and cornmeal before frying it. And number two, cornbread dipped in buttermilk. And we will not share number one. <laughs> I'll read number one. Number no. one. <laughs> Any, anything Ross's mom fixes me for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> there you go. I don't get it. <laughs> That's why I'm wondering if he's your dad. All right, let's get your top five. <laughs> All right, Don. so I, I don't think you heard me earlier, but I cheated. You got I your actually, daughter to film out. Yes, I got my daughter to fill it out because uh, her mom is definitely Southern. Her mom lives in Southern Georgia and makes a lot of this crap herself from home, homemade. All right. so Her, her mom makes it. Her mom, yes. And doesn't your, your wife's from the South too, though, right? She's from... Virginia. She, she's from like Blacksburg area, of Virginia. That's so more South than where you live. Yeah. But I think if you, if you met my wife, you would think that she was like from the North. If you met Brianna, my daughter's mom, you would know she, she has a very thick Southern accent and all that. So does Brianna's mom listen to the podcast? I don't, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm a hundred percent sure. Well, I'm 99% sure she does not. Okay. All right. All right. So, yours. all right. So, number six, she gave me six green beans. Number, <laughs> number five, cheesy grits. I asked Ooh. her, what the hell, cheesy grits? And she said, they're really cheesy. You'll like them, Dad. So, I believe her. Number four, country boil. And she's, this is something, again, she has with her mom. It sounds delicious. She described it to me. says, you have crab in there, corn, all that sort of stuff. Someone else also had it in their top five. I am highly intrigued. Number three, barbecue. I'm a big barbecue guy. When I'm on the road, it's great going to mm. those holes in the walls. I always ask the uh, high school coaching staff, especially if I'm, like, in the middle of nowhere, where, where's the best barbecue place? Um, so just 
hop in, hop in, grab some hush puppies and barbecue. That would be my number one by far. All right, number number two, fried chicken. Obviously, she's different than me. Uh, she likes fried chicken. And number one, chicken and dumplings. Apparently, her mother makes this from scratch, including the dough. Mm. So that's her five. Yeah, chicken dumplings are so, good. So these aren't any, even your top thoughts? five. You haven't had half those things. Yeah. These are your daughter's top. But this is this is all about educating Don. Okay. All right. I have a list that I made. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I have twelve things listed. Whoa. Because I, I started thinking about it during the podcast, and then I listened to some what other people said. Um, so I'm going to try to combine some of them to make it more of a five here. Um, and some things I don't eat that often. So, um, you know, you always are like, oh, we're going to kill this podcast in under an hour. Yeah, it's been over. Maybe an hour 45 now. minutes. Okay. Um, okay. I'm just going to read a, a bunch of them. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go. Okay. I'm going to go with barbecue. Now I'm not, I don't eat a lot of barbecue when I do. I like it, but I'm gonna go barbecue ribs. I don't, I, I really love, you know, the, I mean, I love all barbecue, but barbecue ribs are my favorite. Um, are you well. a Western or Eastern barbecue? You know what? It's going to piss people off, but like I'll eat anything. And like, I don't even not sure if I, I mean, one's more tomato based. One's more vinegar based. I know that dude, I feel like they're not that different, uh, but I, maybe I agree. Maybe that's hearsay. Cause they're both vinegar based, right? I think so, but one's just a little more red with different spices. Yeah, I need to do a little more research on that. But I mean, I've been all across the the state. One's Lexington style, yeah, which is Western, and one's Eastern style, which is kind of the places on the way to the beach. Um, they're both vinegar based in my eyes. Like North Carolina barbecue is chopped pork barbecue with vinegar based sauce. Yeah, they're just different variations. All right, love fried chicken. You know, good fried chicken, you can't beat it. Love mac and cheese and fried. I'd say fried okra is definitely a top five. My dad made it from scratch. So I kind of grew up on some really good fried okra. I make it occasionally. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's a, a vegetable you never heard of until you moved down here. Yeah. Um, but a good fried okra is great. When I go to certain places and there's side options, I always try to get fried okra. Along the same line, squash casserole is one of my favorite southern sides. A good squash casserole is hard to beat. Um. You know, biscuits is a southern staple. I think North Carolina, sorry, I think Chapel Hill has some of the best biscuit places available. You've got um, uh, Sunrise Breakfast Kitchen right down Franklin Street, away from campus, and then right on campus there, uh, across from the quad, you have Time Out and a bunch of other restaurants that do biscuits really well. Big old biscuits with anything. You can put the chicken on it. You can put gravy on it. You can put cheese, egg. Uh, a good biscuit is definitely a Southern staple and one of my favorites. I need to learn how to make them. And then I would say right up there is shrimp and grits, a shrimp and grits bar. We have all the different condiments, bacon, onions, mushrooms, uh, cheeses, different types of things to add to the shrimp and grits. Those are awesome. I've been to some weddings where they have shrimp and grits bars. Do that at home sometimes as well. That's great. And along the same lines, any sort of shellfish or po'boys, which is more of a New Orleans thing, fried shellfish, fried fish, fried oysters, um, you know, crabs down here, any type of shellfish. And of course, po'boys on good uh, French baguettes down New Orleans are definitely some of my top favorites. Now close it out with two different types of sandwiches. I love pimento cheese as a dip, pimento cheese as a side on a sandwich, on a biscuit, on just a, a regular tomato and pimento cheese sandwich is great. And then of course the BLT or the tomato sandwich. One guy already mentioned tomato sandwiches. I grow tomatoes here at my house and goats literally steps from where I'm recording this podcast. And I eat tomato sandwiches all summer, sourdough bread, uh, a little butter, which is a sneaky uh, layer of mayonnaise, salt and pepper on the tomatoes. And sometimes, uh, sometimes mustard, but usually just mayo, a little butter, tomatoes salt pepper toasted sourdough bread um and of course you can add to it with a blt um you know you do a uh, pesto blt you can do avocado blt and uh, i do that a lot at my house any questions donald that's a lot of information hey i'm um, born and raised you, north carolina you got grandmother you- from small town south carolina and my dad is born and raised in small town eastern tennessee yeah, um, you definitely took this uh, this top five to an all new level. It's probably your favorite top five of all time. 
yeah, it's good. I'm into food and I cook a lot and I'm from the South. All right. Need to have me over cook for me again. Yeah. I don't, I don't cook too much Southern food, mm. but I know I have a couple of dishes. All right. That's it guys. Uh, please re- rate review and subscribe. The new top five is top five documentaries. I'm excited to learn about some of your favorite documentaries can be new, can be old things are on Netflix. Please uh, add where you can watch them. Uh, yeah. What streaming service you can watch them. Um, that'd be very helpful as we uh, get some new ideas to watch. Rate, review, subscribe. Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.